Ken Davis recounts a personal experience that emphasizes the significant impact of a presentation's environment on its effectiveness. Attending a talk, he found himself inexplicably depressed, despite the speaker's excellent delivery and well-crafted message. Midway through, Davis identified the root cause of his discomfort, the poor setting. The lighting in the room was dim, more suitable for a relaxed dinner or resting rather than for a presentation, creating a somber atmosphere. The only bright lights were positioned directly above, casting unflattering and foreboding shadows over anyone near the podium, distorting the visual connection between the speaker and the audience. Additionally, the sound system was subpar, imparting a tinny quality to the speaker's voice. This was compounded by an irritating squeal that emerged whenever the speaker's voice hit certain pitches. The audio issues escalated when the speaker raised his voice to accentuate points. The person managing the sound system, in an attempt to protect the equipment from the strain, ended up muting the speaker's voice, further detracting from the presentation's clarity and impact. This situation was particularly distressing for Davis, as he was scheduled to speak on the same platform later that day. Realizing the dire state of the audiovisual setup, which he ironically notes was more of an oxymoron in this context, Davis sought out the staff responsible. The hotel ballroom, the venue of the event, lacked both adequate sound and lighting, aptly described by Davis as silent darkness. This experience was a turning point for him, leading to a firm resolve never to find himself unprepared in such a setting again. He affirms the importance of controlling one's environment to enhance communication effectiveness and suggests that steps should be taken to ensure a conducive environment for presentations. Also, Davis asserts the profound impact of lighting on communication, particularly in public speaking. His narrative centers around his experience at a speaking event in a dimly lit gymnasium, highlighting how poor lighting can severely hinder audience engagement and the overall effectiveness of communication. Davis begins by setting the scene in a hotel ballroom, where the lighting created an impersonal and eerie atmosphere due to the poorly lit faces of people moving about. He contends that for effective communication, it is crucial for the speaker's face, especially their eyes, to be visible. This visibility fosters a connection between the speaker and the audience, enhancing the communication process. The crux of Davis's argument is illustrated in his experience at the gymnasium. Here, the inadequate lighting was not just a minor inconvenience, but a significant barrier to his ability to connect with the audience. The dim lights, positioned high in the ceiling, cast shadows and obscured facial expressions, making it difficult for the audience to engage with him. The temporary solution, a halogen light, provided relief. But its failure partway through the event demonstrated the immediate impact of lighting on audience engagement. The audience's attention and response drastically diminished in the darkness, but quickly revived once the light was restored. Moreover, Davis educates on assessing the quality of lighting for communication. He proposes a grading system based on the visibility of facial features and the absence of shadows, advocating for lighting that ensures the speaker's eyes and expressions are clearly visible. He indicates that good lighting, characterized by a pinpoint of light in the speaker's eyes, is not just a functional necessity, but a crucial element for conveying sincerity and integrity. Concluding, Davis maintains the often overlooked significance of lighting in public speaking and communication. He advises that appropriate lighting is essential 
regardless of the audience size, to ensure clear visibility of the speaker's face and eyes. This visibility is key to enhancing the connection and effectiveness of the communication, making lighting a vital component in any speaking engagement. Furthermore, Davis provides insightful guidelines on effective stage lighting in his piece, Objections to Good Lighting, focusing on the delicate balance between functionality and aesthetics. At the core of his recommendations is the emphasis on ensuring facial expressions are clearly visible to the entire audience. Davis points out this as a fundamental aspect of stage lighting, crucial for connecting the speaker with the audience and enhancing the overall impact of the presentation. To achieve this, he delves into the technicalities of lighting angles and intensity. A key point Davis makes is about avoiding shadows over the eyes, which can obscure facial expressions and diminish the speaker's connection with the audience. He suggests a practical approach to determine the ideal angle, turning off all other lights during a test and then lowering the angle of the lights until shadows disappear. This angle is typically around 45 degrees, which also has the added benefit of minimizing glare in the speaker's eyes, enhancing their comfort and ability to engage with the audience. Another technical aspect Davis reiterates is the pinpoint of light in the speaker's pupil, a primary indicator that the lights are both bright enough and at a suitable angle. This detail, while small, is significant in ensuring that the speaker is well lit, especially for those audience members seated closer to the front. He suggests the placement of two lights at a 45-degree angle on either side of the speaker to achieve this effect. This arrangement not only creates the desired pinpoint of light, but can also help in reducing glare, making it more comfortable for the speaker. In addition, Davis advocates for unobtrusive lighting. He advises against overly bright or flashy lighting setups that might resemble a nightclub stage. Instead, he recommends soft, diffused light, complemented with flesh-toned gels, to produce a warm, well-lit effect that is appealing yet not distracting. This approach repeats the need for lighting that enhances the speaker's visibility and connection with the audience while maintaining a professional and comfortable environment. In summary, Davis's guidelines offer a comprehensive approach to stage lighting, balancing the technical aspects of lighting with the need for a visually pleasing and speaker-friendly environment. His emphasis on visibility, comfort, and aesthetics underlines the nuanced role of lighting in enhancing the overall effectiveness of a presentation or performance. Further, Davis underscores the vital importance of high-quality sound in public speaking, particularly for audiences exceeding a hundred people. He expresses astonishment that poor sound quality, a problem as distracting as inadequate lighting, still persists in the 21st century, even at prominent events like White House press briefings. Davis emphasizes three primary reasons why excellent sound reproduction is crucial. First, it ensures that every member of the audience can hear the speaker clearly. This aspect is fundamental to effective communication. Second, a good sound system reduces the strain on the speaker's voice. This is particularly important during longer presentations or when speaking to large groups. Third, high-quality sound allows for a greater range of voice inflection. With a competent system, the speaker can use varied tones and volumes, even whispers, and still be heard clearly at the back of the room. Besides, Davis provides insights on recognizing the need for and ensuring good sound quality. 
He explains that the necessity of a sound system is influenced by the room's acoustics as much as its size. Some rooms naturally amplify sound, allowing a speaker's normal voice to carry clearly to an audience of a hundred or more. Others, however, absorb sound or create reverberations, making a sound system essential for clarity. Davis advises caution with sound systems that sound tinny, thin, or prone to feedback, suggesting that such systems are detrimental to effective communication. He particularly cautions against the often poor sound systems found in hotel ballrooms. To mitigate these issues, he recommends requesting a system with adjustable equalization to control feedback. He also suggests familiarizing oneself with high-quality sound system brands and insisting on them when organizing an event. Additionally, Davis accentuates the importance of conducting a sound check well before the event starts to find the optimal settings, advising speakers to instruct the sound technicians to maintain these settings throughout the event. Davis concludes with a humorous note, suggesting that sometimes a bit of assertiveness or even physical threats might be necessary to ensure compliance from the sound technicians. Also, Davis offers detailed advice on effectively utilizing a microphone for public speaking, affirming that correct usage significantly enhances communication. Davis begins by addressing the challenges associated with podium microphones. He suggests that the microphone should be positioned to extend back towards the speaker, close enough to the lips to avoid awkward postures like bending over the podium. This placement ensures clarity of voice without physical discomfort. Davis then dives into the technicalities of sound management. During sound checks, he advises speakers to test for feedback issues commonly associated with podiums. These can create undesirable booming sounds or initiate feedback when bumped. Speakers should either adjust the system to prevent this or learn to avoid touching the podium during their speech. A critical aspect of microphone use, as Davis notes, is its positioning relative to the speaker's mouth. He recommends positioning it at a 45-degree angle, just below and almost touching the lips. This avoids the popping sound produced when pronouncing hard consonants if the microphone is placed directly in front of the mouth. Moreover, Davis advises caution when removing a microphone from its stand, suggesting speakers stop speaking momentarily to prevent any raking noises. Handling the microphone is another focus area. Davis cautions against the distracting habit of fondling the microphone or its stand, a practice common among entertainers, but inappropriate for effective communicators. He also stresses the importance of staying close to the microphone, sharing his personal challenge of breaking the habit of holding it too far from his face. Adjusting sound levels and the height of the microphone before starting the speech is another key point. Davis debates against constant adjustments during the speech, as it can undermine the microphone's purpose. He encourages speakers to communicate their requirements to sound technicians beforehand. Furthermore, Davis discusses the use of headset microphones, which, while eliminating many common problems, have their own challenges like fit and limited volume range. He advises taking advantage of sound checks to ensure the best fit and microphone choice for the presentation. Davis concludes by asserting that when used properly, a microphone becomes an invisible aid to communication while improper use can be a significant distraction. In addition, Davis highlights the critical importance of aligning the size of a meeting space with the audience size to foster effective communication. He disputes that a packed, smaller room is preferable to a large, sparsely filled venue, as it creates a more intimate and engaging environment.
Davis shares his experiences to indicate his point. In one instance, he taught teenagers in a large auditorium at a church, where another class was also taking place. The dual usage of the auditorium led to significant distractions, undermining effective communication. The solution came in the form of moving the class to a smaller room, previously used for storage. With the students' help, this room was transformed with bright paint and additional lighting, earning the nickname The Happy Dungeon. The change in environment led to a marked improvement in the students' attention and enjoyment of the sessions, demonstrating the impact of a well-suited space. Another example from Davis involves teaching a small group of adults. Initially conducted in an auditorium, the class was relocated to the living room of a nearby house. This shift from a formal, expansive auditorium to a cozy, domestic setting significantly altered the group's atmosphere and attitude for the better. Davis maintains that large spaces can make small groups feel lost and disconnected, which is not conducive to good communication. For situations where one must address a small group in a large auditorium, Davis advises grouping the audience at the front to avoid a dispersed, impersonal feel. He points out the importance of pre-planning seating arrangements and visiting the venue early to make necessary adjustments. The overarching message is that the right environment can greatly enhance communication, making it crucial to tailor the space to fit the audience's size and needs. Last but not least, Davis reiterates the critical role of environmental factors in effective public speaking. He stresses that a speaker should be the primary focus of an audience, not the background or surrounding distractions. Davis shares his experiences and observations to illustrate how external elements can undermine the effectiveness of a presentation. One key point Davis makes is the impact of lighting and background scenery. He recalls instances where speakers were overshadowed by scenic backdrops or bright lights, such as a speaker in Alaska who became merely a silhouette against a snowy landscape, or Michael Hyatt, who had to compete with the distraction of window washers behind him. These examples serve to repeat how easily an audience's attention can be diverted away from the speaker. To combat these distractions, Davis offers several practical tips. Avoid standing in front of windows or under intense lights, as this can create uncomfortable glare or reduce the speaker to a shadow. Choose plain backgrounds over busy or brightly colored ones to ensure the speaker remains the most interesting visual element. And avoid locations with moving objects or reflections that could distract the audience. Further, Davis underlines the importance of adaptability in challenging environments. He recounts his own experience of speaking to a small audience in a large room where he adjusted his presentation style to suit the intimate setting, which ultimately led to more significant opportunities. Overall, Davis's insights underscore the need for speakers to be aware of and control their environment to maintain audience engagement. He advocates for preparation and flexibility, ensuring that environmental factors enhance rather than hinder the communication process. His advice points to the necessity of creating a conducive environment for delivering effective and impactful presentations. In conclusion, Davis emphasizes the critical role of environmental factors in the success of public speaking and presentations, drawing from his own experiences to accentuate how lighting, sound, space size, and background can significantly impact communication effectiveness. Besides on lighting, Davis notes the essential need for the speaker's face and eyes to be visible to the audience. He recounts an experience in a poorly lit gymnasium 
where inadequate lighting led to a disconnection with the audience. The speakers' facial expressions, particularly their eyes, play a crucial role in establishing a connection, and poor lighting can obscure these expressions. Davis suggests evaluating lighting based on facial visibility and the absence of shadows. He affirms that effective lighting is not just about visibility but also about conveying sincerity and integrity through the speaker's expressions. Additionally, sound quality is another key factor Davis addresses. For large audiences, he argues that high-quality sound is imperative for clarity and to reduce strain on the speaker's voice. Davis asserts common issues like tinny sound and feedback, recommending adjustable equalization and familiarity with high-quality sound systems. He stresses the importance of sound checks to optimize settings and advises maintaining these settings throughout the event. Also, Davis provides insights into effective microphone use. He highlights the importance of positioning the microphone correctly to avoid popping sounds and maintaining a consistent distance for clear voice projection. Moreover, he discusses the nuances of using podium microphones, including feedback prevention and proper handling to avoid distractions. Furthermore, Davis indicates the significance of choosing a space appropriate to the audience size. He suggests that smaller filled spaces are preferable to larger sparse ones, as they foster intimacy and engagement. Davis shares examples where changing venues from large auditoriums to smaller rooms significantly improved the atmosphere and audience's responsiveness. Finally, Davis discusses managing environmental distractions. He advises against standing in front of windows or under harsh lights and recommends choosing plain backgrounds to keep the speaker as the focal point. Adapting to the environment is crucial to maintain audience attention and ensure effective communication. In summary, Davis's expertise maintains the importance of environmental control in public speaking, illustrating how factors like lighting, sound, space and distractions can profoundly influence the effectiveness of communication.